For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby. Lubitz with you on the Believe Podcast Network. And a pleasure to welcome this gentleman. I, I guess uh, avant-garde would be the way to describe uh, the focus of much of his work. Uh, we welcome uh, the executive producer, director of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and also uh, the producer and creator of many great documentaries, especially related to the field of comedy, Robert Whitey, joins us on After Hours here on Believe. Uh, Robert, how are you? Good to have you on the program. Pretty good, considering it's uh, before it's earlier than I usually wake up out here. But uh, <laughs> for you, I'll do it. Well, we're happy to have you uh, with us. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned uh, avant-garde. I, I was looking at the uh, body of work that you've done uh, when it comes to uh, documentary films: uh, W.C. Fields, Mort Saul, Lenny Bruce, Woody Allen. I mean, uh, all very interesting figures in the field of comedy. And of course, your new work is on Kurt Vonnegut, which um, you know, I. I I have to say that Kurt Vonnegut uh, helped me actually get get laid many times, if I can be <laughs> blunt about it, because um, that was the move, was to have like uh, a copy of a Vonnegut book under your arm and a little puppy on a rope when I was at Syracuse University. And if you were carrying around a copy of Slaughterhouse-Five, even if you hadn't read the Cliff Notes, uh, that always make you, uh, made you look pretty cool. Uh, uh, tell us about this uh, piece of work and, and uh, what the people will find out about Kurt Vonnegut uh, in this new documentary. I got to say, I wish I had known your secret earlier because you were walking around with the book. I was actually walking around with Vonnegut, so I could have done very well. You could have trumped me, that's for sure, not to mention politics in this segment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I, uh, you know, I discovered him in high school, as most people do, and uh, because he was asking the questions I was asking, these sort of big existential questions about why are we here and what's our purpose and why are we treating each other so horribly and treating the planet so horribly and how do we get through this mess? And but it was all filtered through this very, uh, this very unique sense of humor. And I doted on comedy. As you mentioned, you know, all of my subjects, primarily music subjects, whose, whose work I've admired, that's all. And uh, he was another humorist whose work I admired. So um, I just loved him and then got somewhat obsessed and had to, after reading Breakfast of Champions, had to read everything that he wrote. And research him all I could. So, after I made my first film on the market, I was 22 years old, um, maybe 23 by the time I wrote him. I wrote and proposed doing a documentary on him, thinking it would just be sort of a conventional sort of author documentary like you see on PBS. And, um, but this friendship grew between us. We became very close over the next 25 years. He, he died in 2007. And, um, we had, been, we had become very close friends, which I didn't anticipate. Then after he died, I was trying to figure out how to finish this thing, try to find a way forward. And um, a couple of people who knew the both of us said, well, the story of your friendship with him should be folded into the documentary. That's a very unique 
story that the filmmaker and the subject had become close friends and he was your literary idol and now he's your pal. And I, I hesitated at first, but I realized that that sort of full disclosure was really needed for the film to be honest. And so I brought in another documentary filmmaker, Don Argus, who focused on that element of it, sort of the story behind the story, while I continued to focus on the Vonnegut biography. And at the end of the day, we have this sort of hybrid between the two. And I think it's frankly a much richer film than what I was planning 39 years ago. Robert Whitey uh, with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Uh, how did hanging out with Vonnegut compare to uh, being around Larry David? <laughs> all of the years on Curb Your Enthusiasm, because uh, in essence, from different approaches, it sounds like they had the very same message. Yeah, it's sort of yin and yang, um, but uh, both pleasurable, pleasurable in their own ways. Um, uh, Larry and I have known each other also since, boy, around the time I met Bonnie, I met Larry, I guess, in 83, when he was a very unknown, unemployable, unappreciated stand-up comedy who I would see get booed off stage. Uh, but we were friends. He's two years older than I am, but we were hanging out as, as peers, as contemporaries, and enjoyed each other's company. And then Jerry Seinfeld asked him to work on a little show with him, and that did pretty well. And then afterwards, when Larry was trying to figure out what to do next, he called me up and said, hey, I've got an idea for an HBO special. Do you want to direct it? And I said, Sure. And we had no idea it would turn into a series. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was, that was a, a very different kind of friendship. But um, I've been lucky enough to spend a lot of time, log a lot of FaceTime with some very interesting people in my life. So very fortunate that way. Sounds like it, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, people are always asking uh, in these uh, question and answer interviews, uh, oh, who, who would your four dinner guests be? Uh, you, you've already got, like, two of them. And, and of course... Uh, <laughs> Uh, tell us a, a little bit about how, how you, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the film and, and the documentary. And uh, like a lot of us uh, that have gotten into uh, any form of the entertainment business uh, and the media, uh, faced a lot of rejection at first. Uh, how absurd did they consider your idea and how were you able to pull it off? Because it's a great story and how persistence can pay great dividends if you want to make it uh, any entertainment industry. If you're talking specifically about the Swanigan documentary, well, there, there were no people that I was trying to sell the film to. There was nobody to say no because it was a self-financed film, which is one of the reasons it took so long. People were tr always trying to ascribe some psychological reasons my taking so long to make the film. It wasn't psychological. I mean, there may have been some element of, of that at, at a certain point, but it was all financial. It was all you know self-funded. So. There's nobody I had to answer to, uh, meaning there's nobody to say no, but there's also really nobody to encourage it. I was really on my own. Uh, now, we did a Kickstarter campaign, even that was almost seven years ago, and raised some money that way to help sort of push us back on the road. Um, but no, people have been very, very supportive of it. And, you know, I was the most reluctant of all to take this approach of putting myself in the film on camera i really didn't want to do it i was talked into it by others who said you have to so if there was anyone who's going to pull the plug on this project it was going to be me yeah. but as i say at the end of the day it, it worked out okay where can people catch uh, the documentary uh, that's coming out on kurt vonnegut uh, unstuck in time it sounds like it's going to be fascinating and uh, but where can people find this for that work well it'll be released uh, this Friday, November 19th, theatrically around the country. Now, it's not a Marvel film, so it's not going to be in 3,000 theaters. It'll be in 
maybe uh, 60 or 70 theaters in the United States and Canada. Uh, but at the same, if, so I would check local listings. If it's not playing near you, it's also playing available VOD video on demand on all the major carriers, Amazon and iTunes and YouTube, any number of places. So it's quite, it should be quite available to, uh, to find uh, in your own home if, uh, if you don't make your way out to the theater. Is it impossible not to have uh, some of Larry David's idiosyncrasies and uh, behavior uh, rub off on you? Do you find yourself uh, every now and then getting into a jackpot uh, and realizing, wait a minute, this isn't me, it's Larry? Well, you know, there's a fine blue line between the, the two of us. One of the reasons we got on so well and one of the reasons he asked me to come aboard to do the special was we always shared a similar sense of humor. And, um, yeah, but it's not just me. We all find ourselves in those sort of Larry David moments where, you know, we're deciding whether to lash out at somebody or to just, you know, swallow our pride. Uh, Larry tends to swallow his pride, but on the TV, Larry lashes out. I should say, by the way, regarding Kirby Enthusiasm, that uh, an episode that I directed will be airing this Sunday, uh, November 21st. I have one episode this season. So uh, this weekend, um, it almost creates the illusion that I'm still active in show business. I have a movie coming out on Friday and <laughs> a TV show is on Sunday. So, so a whitey weekend. Sounds great. Uh, and uh, enjoy uh, all of your work and especially uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, naturally one of our personal favorites, as it is with virtually everybody. Robert Whitey, uh, Kurt Vonnegut, Unstuck in Time, coming out on Friday and uh, figures to be a sensational piece of work. Uh, thanks so much for being with us here on After Hours with Tifo and Luby. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, Robert. Thanks a lot. Robert Whitey. I'm not sure about that uh, sound quality there, Michael Louis Lewitz, for our uh, people on the Believe Podcast Network. Is there a certain barometer, a standard by which uh, we have to abide? I don't know if you're going to be able to fix that up. But uh, hopefully that will be greatly enhanced because, uh, you know, it, it really it sounded like you were talking to Lloyd Bridges. <laughs> and he was filming an underwater scene in Sea Hunt, uh, you know, for my end of this thing. But, uh, you know, a fascinating guy. I mean, think about this. Uh, very avant-garde, the guys that uh, he's done documentaries on. W.C. Fields, Mort Saul, Lenny Bruce, uh, Woody Allen, and now Kurt Vonnegut. And uh, how about uh, that for uh, being uh, topped? I'm carrying a Kurt Vonnegut book under my arm there on the campus area, and it was a surefire way to at least, I don't know about getting laid. Maybe that was a bit of an exaggeration because that didn't happen all that often. It get you in there, though. The book and said, hey, why don't you take me home to bed? No, but it would get you in there, right? Like, I've seen a lot of, like, movies that were based around the 70s, and dudes would always, that's why I joked about it before we had him on with you, dudes would always, like, try and have Vonnegut because women are people of that era loved Kurt Vonnegut. So I just figured... I mean, there must have been something to it, like if people were doing it all the time. It's like faking that you're an intellectual, <laughs> that you actually have an interest in generating interesting philosophical approaches to life, and that your main goal isn't just to get in this poor woman's pants. People well, bought it, though, man. They bought the little say. puppy on the rope uh, also. All right, speaking about being on the rope, and I uh, uh, appreciate you guys tuning in there. Uh, Robert Whitey joining us here at the top of After Hours with Defoe and Luby, but of course, uh, in essence, our field of play is usually the sporting world. Yes, sir. And there have been many wild things uh, happening on the uh, sporting front, uh, including and uh, locally here in South Florida. And, and it's another ship that has sailed. It's incredible. We will never get those feelings again. That, that's uh, something that the people in this town refuse to accept. I mean, there's always a, a ray of hope with the Miami Heat, our yes. winter teams that, uh, you know, the Heat are very popular in South Florida. If you're uh, listening from 
uh, outside of the, the area here. We're extremely popular. They're, they're popular around the country, are they not? And why? They win. Because <laughs> they, they have the uh, magnanimous and magnificent presence. I don't know if magnanimous is the right word, but uh, it's like uh, when Howard Cosell said that uh, Muhammad Ali was truculent or being truculent. He said, I don't know what that means, but if it's good, it's me. <laughs> Anyway, the misuse of words is certainly, uh, you know, a top priority here on the program. Uh, once again, trying to seem like uh, and feign like we're more intellectual. So these people are tuned in to podcast after podcast yeah. and uh, enjoy uh, what we have to say. But uh, no, it's just uh, absolutely insane that uh, the, the luster is gone. Now, Pat Riley, if he's associated with a team, they're going to do it right. Yes. And people always talk about this. Uh, you know, well, where does the organization uh, start and end? Uh, usually with the guy at the top yes. is the guy that's uh, really making it happen there. Yes. I know there are a lot of uh, hardworking people, but uh, if your leader, especially in sports, is weak, mm. there's a very good possibility that uh, your program is not going to prosper True. over long periods of time or sustain itself. I mean, look at Belichick, right? How is he able to do it? Belichick. People were laughing in his face. They were waiting for this man to take a fall. Yes. Personal injury attorneys were following him around saying it's only a matter of time before he slips and falls flat on his face. Now that Tom Brady is wearing the uniform of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and winning a Super Bowl right in the face, uh, the very embarrassed red face of one Bill Belichick. I'm one of them. And, <laughs> and I'm wrong again. <laughs> wrong annoying. again, Watson, my friend. It's I mean, uh, just uh, absolutely wrong again because, uh, wow, I mean. And after a slow start this year, the Patriots uh, seem to have uh, turned things in the right direction. And I, I don't know if they're legitimate contenders to win a championship. I, I would doubt that. Matt Jones, uh, another guy that uh, you had nothing but disparaging things to say about yes. Matt Jones. Uh, you, you, you threatened the life of Mel Kuyper <laughs> on the air <laughs> because he that. said that wasn't a bad pick at like number 15. I mean, you're, number 15 in the draft, you're getting a quarterback that you think might be a franchise quarterback. You you have uh, done something and accomplished something that many other teams uh, only wish they had done once, uh, i.e. the Miami Dolphins, who can't seem to get it right when it comes to that category and uh, now out of desperation may trade for uh, Deshaun Watson. I, I do believe that Rusty Harden, his attorney, has a better chance of taking a snap for the <laughs> Dolphins than Deshaun Watson. I agree with you. I, I, I yes. mean, I've never been on that move. Uh, I the Patriot thing is a. Is well, who is going to take Deshaun Watson? Though that, that's the thing. I mean, uh, you talk about the antithesis no of everything right that the NFL supposedly stands for now, Raj. And you wouldn't have this guy playing, although uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty. What we don't know, the, the numerology on this is not favorable to uh, Deshaun Watson's case. That uh, I didn't do nothing. But like we said, I mean, the only uh, person that groped more uh, massage therapists uh, than Deshaun Watson might have been. Bob Kraft, and he's still very much in football. Oh, we're going to throw the evidence out, all of it. Acquired illegally. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> How convenient is that, that it just happened to happen there in the city of Jupiter, that uh, all of a sudden everything disappeared? What film? <laughs> <laughs> what did he offer, to rebuild a lighthouse there? Yeah, I, exactly. I don't know, Kraft. Uh, how did he get out of jack a jackpot like that? Uh, pretty incredible. But anyway, the uh, Patriots, uh, they, have, they have good, solid leadership at the top there, and Belichick, he knows what he's doing. And he gets Mac Jones. And Mac Jones, you would have to say, about all of the uh, new quarterbacks that are in the league, uh, even the whole new generation, he, he's probably acquitted himself the best, Luby. Would you agree? Are you willing to admit to your mistake right now, Mike Luby Lubitz, and uh, say that Mac Jones, of the quarterbacks that came into the league last so year far. or this year, 
so far is far and away the best yeah, like uh, of them and shows the most long-term potential of any of the guys that are uh, chucking the rock right now in the NFL. I mean, I, you look, I, 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 I'm talking about uh, the new incoming class, although I, think I guess Lawrence, Lawrence is coming around. Better. I like both Lawrence yeah. and Fields, but of the other guys, the ones that, like Wilson, who did get drafted ahead of him, I guess. I Look, we, we talk about it time and time again. It's about situation. I still don't know what the Patriots are, but we've seen them time and time again at least be able to create players that fit their system. And Mac Jones is specifically that. And I've been wrong in that regard. I thought, okay, just because he fits much like Brady did doesn't mean he's Brady. Well, no, he's very accurate. He's very patient. He's very calm, cool, and collected. And they're good at getting you an offensive line. They're good at getting you receivers that fit that kind of an offense. And he has, I don't know if he's soared, but he's played well. And he fit like a round peg into a round hole, unlike a lot of what Chris Greer's done in Miami, fitting square pegs into round holes. I'm not sure uh, he's fitting any pegs into any holes except uh, the hole that he's going to be buried in uh, by the time his tenure is done here, uh, which uh, I know. And I, I don't know the man personally. Uh, it does seem like he's made uh, any number of huge mistakes and then uh, trying to sell people a bill of goods that, uh, listen, you know, that's the easiest sell going, right, in sports. We're yep. going to get really bad, yep. and all you guys have to do is be patient. Now, it's happened a couple of times. Houston in baseball stripped down their entire team. They were awful. They were losing 100 games a year for like three years, and now they're perennial World Series contenders, yes. uh, including uh, being in this year's World Series and coming very close to winning. The Atlanta Braves did the very same thing. Lost like 100 games uh, a few years in a row, got themselves like their fifth new stadium in like five years and uh, ended <laughs> up being uh, a World Series champion, and they were contenders last year, and uh, they're filling the house all the time with big crowds, and people are very enthusiastic. And this year they do it without two of their best players yes. in the lineup and go on and win a World Series. So uh, it can happen, but then uh, – once again, it gets back to who's running the show. Because uh, here we have Derek Jeter with our Miami Marlins. Same situation, losing 100 games every year. We have the manager of the year from a couple of years ago, Don Manningly, running the show. So it's not like we're in inept hands in that regard. And yet they can't get out of their own way. I mean, it's just losing season after losing season, uh, either based on money or maybe these guys aren't as sharp as some of the other guys, like the uh, people that run the Tampa Bay Rays. Perennial contenders in the American League East. It's possible to do it. But uh, the point being this, and, and does this happen in other cities? I'm curious to find out from the people uh, listening to the uh, Believe Podcast Network, uh, where, where a rivalry just dissipates completely. You're not going to see like uh, Michigan, Michigan State have uh, no emotional impact on the community when those two teams uh, meet during the football season or uh, any traditional rivalry, right? Penn State, Pittsburgh. Big rivalry, FSU, Miami, that thing is, uh, that yeah, exactly. ship has sailed. Only here in South Florida, the town without pity, <laughs> can you have something like this happen. I, I don't know. Do Jet fans still get excited about anything? Yeah, well, exactly. But uh, very little steam about this Dolphin Jet game that's coming up over the weekend. And that used to be a layup for anybody in this business. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially in uh, those two areas, because uh, all you had to do was uh, call some bar in New York or New Jersey. And uh, allow the people to start teening up and insulting everything about the Dolphin organization, including denying in Trump-like fashion that the Dolphins actually did field an undefeated team in 1972. <laughs> oh, no, they had a couple of losses. <laughs> Huckabee Sanders would be up there uh, saying, no, no, they, they weren't undefeated. Shula never did that. People believe it. people want to believe anything, especially if it comes from the right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Has a right hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Straight to the eyeball. 
All right, uh, a lot of fun being with you. Uh, thanks to Robert Whitey. I, I hope that was uh, discernible. Uh, yeah, you know, it'll be and fine. I, I guess I guess we're going to go ahead and run with that anyway, Luby. Yes, I mean, yes, is that the way we're well, operating? Because I show? liked what he said. It's just the phone connection sucked. Like the fact that you you had Kurt Vonnegut book in your hand and he was walking around with Kurt Vonnegut. Like with Vonnegut, really freaking I mean, cool. <laughs> And Larry David became a buddy. Like it's like okay. <laughs> what kind of people did this guy know, man? I mean, uh, I'm hanging out with you. I know, and I you. <laughs> and the professor. Exactly. <laughs> this guy's uh, walking around with Vonnegut himself, right? I mean, you talk about uh, just a chick magnet. You can't imagine me. you're sitting on the quad there. You you have his book under your uh, your arm, Cat's Cradle. You got the little puppy on a rope there, cute as a button. Because <laughs> the hottest chick on campus walks by, and you're sitting with Vonnegut also? Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> you want to talk about the Vietnam War? Exactly. Here's my approach. There you go. All right, uh, that, that'll do it for our uh, podcast today. It's after hours, and uh, obviously we are well after hours. I do have to uh, pay homage to a friend of mine, the great Al Poliak of the Funky Biscuit, last night, and uh, maybe that's why uh, my brain is a little scattered here this morning. Uh, catch a guy named Matt Schofield nice. on a Tuesday night. Check this concept out. Greatest sound system of any musical facility I've ever been in. Uh, okay. With a guy running sound uh, just at a top-notch level, as if you were in a studio doing a recording. Uh, a brilliant guitar player, Matt Schofield, with a Hammond B3 player and a drummer. And they just kicked ass, Luby. And the show's free. It was free to get in. And then on top of that, $5 margaritas and like uh, 8 bucks for a couple of giant tacos uh, that were more than filling. Nice. And that's on a Tuesday night, Boca Raton, Florida. One of the best musical shows I I've seen in a long, long time. But uh, there is a price to pay for that the next day if you're, you're doing early morning radio. You catch us on uh, Ion Channel. That's going well, right, Luby? Do we still have a yes, job there sir. on Ion Channel? We, we yeah, do. That's uh, 7 to 9 <laughs> every, every day. day. IonChannel.com slash the-defo-show. And you can also listen, that's to watch us, and you can listen to us, Defo and Luby, L-U-B-I-E, defoandluby.com slash live. All right, we didn't look half bad today. Uh, I don't know what we did in terms of uh, communicating anything <laughs> of any relevance, but uh, we thank you guys for tuning in to After Hours with Defo and Luby. Uh, for Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest, and we'll catch you tomorrow on the Believe Podcast Network. A new day, Miami football fans hope. More after this. Recently we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to 10 times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? State of Florida versus Casey Marie Anthony. We, the jury, find the defendant not guilty. The law, my boy, puts us into everything. It's the ultimate backstage pass. Four person charging defendant Aaron Hernandez. What say you, Madam Four person? Guilty. Just the facts, ma'am. We, the jury, find the defendant Orenthal James Simpson not guilty. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? 
Cite me. What have I got to lose? Don't believe a word he says, Your Honor. He's crazy. This season has been tough for Miami College football fans. The Hurricanes came into the season ranked top 15 with a Heisman candidate, QB. But to date, they sit 5-5 five and five coming off a heartbreaking loss to rival Florida State University, better known as FSU. FIU, that other school in Miami that plays FBS football, had heralded head coach Butch Davis, who was opposed to bring relevance to the Panthers. However, in year five, FIU is 0-6 in conference play and 1-9 overall following an 0-5 COVID-riddled 2020 season. So it wasn't really surprising this week when both schools made major changes. UM parted ways with highly criticized AD Blake James, and many feel like the next move will be to fire head coach Manny Diaz, while FIU parted ways with their longtime AD Pete Garcia and announced Butch Davis would not be returning for year six. The reality is Miami is possibly the most talent-rich region in the country when it comes to high school football. However, in 2021, it is a money game. Schools found the secret out years ago and have ravaged South Florida from around the country. For UM and FIU, to find relevancy, money is an issue. Reality is they can't compete financially with the SEC, Pac-12, Big 10, Big 12, and for Miami, even their own ACC compatriots. UM with history and location behind it needs to switch gears and find the next Jimmy Johnson, a hungry assistant ready to take on their own program and become their own man. And in FIU's case, they need to follow the program up the road, about an hour north in FAU, where they've hired former young head coaches who have fizzled out and are looking for their next move. Luba's Law for the day is, football is down for now in South Florida when it comes to college. However, with the right tweaks, both UM and FIU can find a way to bring relevancy, at least, back to the college football world in these parts. This is Luby's Law. Hey folks, Tony Segreto here. What if I told you you could go to a great restaurant feel completely safe because their COVID protocol is unmatched, have an amazing meal, have a great time. When the bill comes, you won't get sticker shock. You're going to say, that's too good to be true. No, it's not, because I'm talking about Texas Roadhouse. Great family atmosphere, great atmosphere for a couple, great atmosphere if you just want to go by yourself and watch a game and have the coldest beer in town. And while you're doing that, have the best bread in town. All at Texas Roadhouse. Everything you get there is fresh every day and made sure it's served at your table, hot and ready to go. And the best part is you don't get sticker shock because the prices are amazing. Texas Roadhouse. Buy or lease a Taos and take it to the house at Deal Volkswagen. Anna and her team make your next VW purchase or lease so easy with new inventory rolling in daily and the biggest selection of certified pre-owned vehicles in the business. You can make your deal online at dealvolkswagen.com or visit the beautiful showroom in the classic location, 3601 Bird Road, right in the heart of the Gables. Or give Anna and the team at Deal a call at 305-448-DEEL. Jettas, Passats, Tiguans, Atlas models, and the hottest vehicle in the industry, the new Taos, all at unbeatable prices and all ready to roll off the showroom floor at the number one Volkswagen dealership around, Deal Volkswagen. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.